Hallelujah. So good to be back with you all this awesome Sunday. I know that you are enjoying the word. Your times in God are increasing. You are seeing more of His glory. Today we have uh, Pastor Joji, one of those people that I was talking about the other Sunday. That They're just a blessing to see them continuing and not quitting. That's where it is and I'm so glad. And therefore God's going to speak through His lips and be a blessing to us. Enjoy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you for this opportunity to speak to the people of God. Hallelujah. I believe you had an awesome time of worship. God is good. His mercy endures forever. It is good to praise the Lord. It is good to worship the Lord, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Isn't he amazing? He chose us, called us before the foundations of the earth was laid, set the time and boundaries for us to be on this earth to affect this generation and the generations to come. Hallelujah. He is so good. I'm so grateful to pastors because what I'm speaking here, what I live here is because of what they have imparted into my life. The word that they have spoken has been bearing fruit and I am a testimony of, or rather I can testify of the goodness of God, the faithfulness of His word. Hallelujah. Let's just take a few minutes. Let's just thank God for His faithfulness. He is faithful. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. Worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Our Father, Abba, our Father, you are faithful. Faithful, 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 faithful. Hallelujah. We are grateful, Lord. We are grateful for your goodness, your loving kindness, your tender mercies. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Praise your holy name. Praise your holy name. Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus of Nazareth, <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> Woo, you're so good. You're so good. You're so good. <laughs> Woo, we are grateful, Father. Grateful for another day, another chance, another opportunity to declare your goodness, to speak your word, to hallelujah, to sing your goodness. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, such an amazing God. Such an awesome God. Our Father. The Father from whom all fatherhood derives its name. Ha, ha, ha. Thank you so much, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We are grateful, we are grateful, we are grateful. Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you that you are working in the hearts and minds of people. Ha, ha, ha. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for opening the eyes of our understanding. That we will see the truth. The truth will set us free. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That we will not just be hearers only, but doers of the word of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Our hearts are good ground for the word of God. We receive the word with all meekness. Because that is able to save our souls. Ha, ha, ha. Woo, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Father. You're good, you're good, you're good. You're so good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Woo! Hallelujah. He is in our midst right now. I know we are gathering online, but He is still in our midst. Wherever you are, when we gather together, in our homes, in, our, I mean, in the church, wherever, He is there in our midst. It's His Word. His Word is eternal. Scripture cannot be broken. 
Hallelujah. God, let God be true and every man a liar. God says the truth. If he says he is in our midst, he is here right now. Hallelujah. So let's look at his word. Let's open our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11 verse, verse 1. Hebrews 11 verse 1. It's a very familiar scripture for this church. Everyone who's gone through the, the foundational doctrines. Apart from that, this church is, we believe we are a word of faith church. So this scripture is basically the foundation of this church. Hebrews 11 verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hallelujah. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The word substance is the Greek word hypostasis, made of, hu- mean, made of two words, hypo and stasis. Hypo means uh, to be alongside, and stasis means to stand your ground. So it, you, when you put that meaning, it says faith is standing your ground alongside something. And what is that? It says the substance of things hoped for. You're standing your ground for something that you are hoping for. What do you mean by hope? The Bible word for hope is the word elpizo, which is not what we think of when we use that word in our common conversation. We say, I hope so, maybe. That, it's like a wishy-washy kind of thing. That is not biblical hope. The word hope in the Bible means uh, a joyful confident expectation of good things. That's what this word means. A joyful, confident expectation of good things. And it's the evidence of things not seen. The word evidence means to prove something, to convict something. It's a a term that they use in court. That means you present the evidence in such a way that That person is convicted. There is nothing else you can do. It is convicted. That the the decision is final. The judgment is done based on this evidence. So when you put that word, the the meaning of these words together, you, you get it like this. Faith is standing alongside, steadfast, on those things that you are confidently expecting. Confidently, joyful, joyfully and confidently expecting the good things. And that is the evidence of the things. You don't see it, but it's, you have an evidence of it. You have an evidence. That means it is done. It is done. This is faith. Hallelujah. Most of you have heard these things. But faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Not by having heard. Hallelujah. So faith is important. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please God. Let's, look, let's hear these two scriptures in Kannada. Hebrews 11 verse 1 and verse 6. Nambikeyu nirikshisuvavugala nija lakshanavu kaanadavugala nidarshanavu agide. Adare nambikeyillade devarannu mechisuvadu asadhya. Yakandare devara badige baruvavanu devaru iddane. Tannannu jagrateyagi hudukuvavanige pratifalavannu kodutane endu nambuvadu avashya. 
Hallelujah. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the love chapter, and we'll look at verse 13. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13. It says, Now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity or love. It says, Now abideth faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Wow. Three words. Faith, hope, and love. Faith, hope, and love. And it says, the greatest of these three is love. Why? Galatians 5.6 says, faith worketh by love. Without love, your faith won't work. And Romans 5.5 5 says, the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. And whose faith are we talking about? Galatians 2.20 says, The life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who gave Himself for me. The faith of the Son of God, the love of God, these two things. The faith of the Son of God works by the love of God. And where is that love of God? It is already poured in our heart. But let's look at 1 Corinthians 13, 13 again. It says, the greatest of these is love. Faith, hope and love. Let's hear this in Canada and then we'll proceed. The greatest is love. So, when you look at that, I believe there's a certain, the order in which it is written is also important. Faith, then hope, then love, and the greatest is love. That means the next in line is hope. So, are you telling me hope is greater than faith? Well, without faith it is impossible to please God, but for faith to work, you need love, but you need hope. You need to expect something. You need to see something. You need a destination to go to. Without a destination, you are stuck in the same place or you are just going around wild. Hope is what you are joyfully and confidently expecting. The good things. Joyful and confident expectation of the good things. So if you consider you have a vehicle with a very powerful engine. Alright? That, en that en the engine in the vehicle is, is faith. The fuel for that vehicle or that engine is love. Without the fuel, the engine isn't going to work. Well, you can have the fuel, the engine, you start the engine, but without a destination, where will you go? You need a destination to go to. Unless you have a destination, you cannot prove that engine. No matter how powerful that engine is, no matter how good and how powerful and fuel efficient it is, unless you have a destination to go to, you are simply idling. You know what idling means for a vehicle? You are just staying in one place. You ain't going nowhere. Nowhere. You are there. So you need a destination. Hope is that destination. 
But it says, it's the evidence of things not seen. What do you mean by that? Let's go to uh, Romans chapter 8 verse 24. Romans 8 24. Thank you Jesus. Hallelujah. It says, for we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man sees, why does he hope for? But if we hope for that we, no, we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Verse 25. Let's hear that in Kannada, please. Says, for we are saved by hope. But brother, I thought we are saved by grace, through faith. Yes, but without hope, what are you believing? Where are you going? What is your hope? We are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. If you have something already in your hand, you don't have to believe God for it. You already possess it. If you're believing for a phone and someone comes and gives you a phone, you don't have to continue saying, I believe I'll have a phone. I believe I'll get a phone. I believe I'll get a phone. No, you already got it. You can see it with your eyes. Faith is for the things that are not seen. You have to see some things that you see not. You see those things which are not there as though it is there. You see those things. Unless you see what you want, you cannot get there. Unless you know the destination, you don't have an expectation. Hallelujah. So we are talking about hope today. Hope. Hope is always about the future. The next step. Where you need to reach. Faith without hope is useless. You need to have a destination to go. That's where you exercise your faith. If you are sick, what is your, what is your destination? To be healed. To be healed. You have the faith of the Son of God in you. The moment you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you, you, you believed in a Jesus whom you did not see. You did not touch, you did not feel, you were not there uh, in, in Galilee, you were not there in Nazareth when he was born, but still you believed. Hallelujah. And you believe that you will see him again. Hallelujah. That is the hope you are confidently expecting. So hope right now, what are you hoping for? Means what are you believing for? What is your destination? Faith is present tense. That's why Hebrews 11 one says, now faith is. Faith is now. You need to be in faith right now for the things that you are expecting. If you are sick, are you in faith right now? Are you in faith right now? What does the scripture say? By his stripes you were healed. That's past present tense. Sorry, past tense. Past perfect tense. It is already done. 
So are you in faith that it is already done? But you are in hope that the healing will manifest. Hope is about the future. You've not seen it physically with your eyes, but you know it. Right now, you're sure about it. Even though your natural eyes don't see it, but with your heart, your, your spiritual eyes, you've already seen it. It is not there in the natural, but it is already there. You see it with your heart. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, For we look not at the things which are seen, but, but at things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Things which are not seen are eternal. We look not at the things which are seen. See, everything on this earth realm is under the curse. Is under the curse. Even our physical body. That's why you age. The moment Adam sinned, when he faced God, he said, curse is the ground for your sake. And everything that came off the ground, including your body, came under the curse. That's why we age. That's why sickness and disease come upon us. It's under the, that world system. But he has purchased our bodies. He paid the price for our healing. He's redeemed us. Christ has redeemed us from the curse. So we believe that. And now we have hope. Yeah, he's paid for it. Even though these things on, on the, what I can see doesn't look cool. I believe in the things that I don't see. I'm looking forward to those things. I may not see it in the natural yet, but I know for sure it is done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When Paul talked about hope, he was seeing things with his heart. Hallelujah. He was seeing things with his heart. He knew those things. He got those things by revelation. God revealed it to him. Hallelujah. So he was t taking the promises of God and through those promises, he was seeing God make him succeed in what he was called to do. Hallelujah. What you see around you may not be cool. But you have certain promises that you can see that will build a picture in your mind. Hallelujah. So you can see it with your heart. I mean, what you see with your heart should be more real than what you see in the natural. Hallelujah. That is hope. Let's hear 2 Corinthians 4.18 in Kannada also. Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter 2. Verses 9 and 10 we'll read. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. He said, I has not seen. It's talking about the natural things. Ear has not heard. Again, natural. Neither has entered into the heart of mind. I mean, your soul, based on your circumstances, based on the environment, based on the news. No, it has not entered the heart of men, the things that God has prepared for you. 
The world system is not going to put things in, into your heart, into your mind about what God has prepared for you. So how will you see? With your natural eyes, you see a lot of stuff. You see a lot of junk around you. But how do you see? The next verse says, But God has revealed them unto us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. God has revealed them to us. It's again past perfect tense. He has revealed them to us by His Spirit. How? Through the Word. Through the Word. A natural man, when he reads the Bible, he may not understand it. There are countless people out there. I mean, when I got saved, first I'm new to the things of God. I was in college and there, were, there was an organization there that was called the Niche of Truth. And their main purpose is to prove that the Bible is wrong. The people who are there in that organization, they know the Bible by heart. They can quote any scripture. But then their sole aim is to prove that the Bible is wrong, is incorrect. See, you ask them a scripture, they know it. I've seen it. I was blown. Man, these guys know so much scripture. But why don't they understand it? I was new to, do, uh, to these things. I was new to the word. But I could see stuff in it. But they couldn't. Why? Because I, being born again, had the Holy Spirit in me. So I could see those things. Even though I was new, I, I, had, I could get a revelation of those things. How? By the Spirit. The Holy Spirit. He opens your eyes to the things of God. So that gives you hope. That gave me hope those days because they would take me to this, uh, this prayer area and then they would sit around me with all their books and they, they, would, they told me, you take your Bible, sit there and you answer our questions. Man, I didn't know anything. But they would come and sit around me. They would take scriptures and say, hey, this is, see this, see this, see this, this is wrong. This cannot happen. This is incorrect. Start from Genesis. I'm like, God, I don't know. But I know my Jesus is real. I know who I was before. I know how I lived before. I was on the verge of uh, suicide. But then I saw something. I saw something. This is true for me. What I was seeing, they couldn't see. Hallelujah. The natural eyes didn't reveal it to me. The, 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 the world news did not reveal it to me. But it was revealed to me by the Holy Spirit. I didn't understand these things in detail as much as I knew, know it right now. But it was real to me. Hallelujah. Let's hear this also in Kannada. Adare baradiruva prakara devaru tannannu preetisu avarigagi siddha maadiruvantavugalannu kannu kaanalilla kivi kelalilla illave avu manushyana hrudayadalli seralilla namagadaro devaru tanna aatmana moolaka avugalannu prakatisidano aa aatmanu ella vishayagalannu haudu devara agadavada vishayagalannu kuda parishodisu avanagiddane hallelujah romans 4:25 we read it it says but if we hope for that we see not, then we with patience wait for it. It simply means that when what God has told you becomes a vision inside you, then you will wait for it with patience. What God has said, you will see it with your eyes inside. The eyes of your inner man. You see it. And then you know it's true. And then there is an expectation set that will make you wait for it. 
you see it ah this is what god said i see it i see it i don't know why they are not getting it but i see it and this is god speaking to me i believe it so this is the destination i strongly believe this kept me those days even though i didn't understand it was it was torturing for me because i am here alone the only believer in the whole campus and these guys are all around me and they're like throwing things at me i'm like lord i have no idea what they're talking about you help me and i would be i would be very plain with them i don't know everything i'm new to this all i know is jesus died for me he took my sins i know who i was before i know what i have done you don't know what i have done you don't know what i have seen you don't know what i was a part of from all that junk i've been redeemed ah ha i have hope i have hope i see something i know there are great things ahead of me this was 20 years ago hallelujah 22 years ago to be exact god is good god is good you see something and that becomes a vision for you it works in your imagination a picture is built inside god gave you an imagination for to build a picture with his word that brings hope that brings expectation your imagination is very powerful when you hear um, when you hear a word you don't see the letters written there you see in pictures all of us see in pictures with your imagination you see things that are not there in front of you you can be in church but in your mind you can be somewhere else you can be in front of the tv or or, or your phone watch hearing the message you are there at the right place but your mind may not be there hallelujah that's what's happening around you see that the tv is playing pastor is speaking but people are all around the place your mind is not there hallelujah your imagination is very powerful the word of god has to paint a picture on picture in your mind on the inside in your heart that will provide an expectation that will build up an expectation now faith has a destination hallelujah and now when the love of god becomes the motivation you you have the expectation coming into manifestation hallelujah hallelujah think about it this is good that's why in in um, proverbs 29 verse 18 it says where there is no vision the people perish where there is no vision the people perish the word perish actually means to go all around the place unrestrained uncontrolled no destination imagine you uh, you turn uh, the ignition on in a car you put it on gear and press the accelerator without touching the the steering where will that car go all over the place and what's the end result disaster you perish hallelujah that's what it means here for where there is no vision the people perish and it continues but he that keeps the law happy is he 
He that keeps the law, happy is he. Why? Because the law gives him a vision. The word of God gives him a vision. A destination to go to. Hallelujah. Can we hear this in Kannada? Darshana Villa Diruvalli Janaru Nashavaguttare Nyaya Pramanavanu Kaikulluvavanu Danyanu Hallelujah. Hosea chapter 4 verse 6. The first part says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. This is God himself speaking. And he's not talking about the world, he's talking about his own people. My people are destroyed, they perish. Why? For lack of knowledge. Knowledge of what? The word of God. God's people, even though you are saved, even though you, you have the Holy Spirit inside you, unless you have knowledge of the promises of God, knowledge of the word of God, knowledge of who you are in Christ, you are destroyed by the world system. Because they try to attack your mind. They paint another picture. Hallelujah. Let's go to Psalms 119 verse 49. Psalms 119 verse 49. It says, Remember the word unto your servant upon which you have caused me to hope. Hallelujah. Remember what? The word unto whom? Unto your servant. And what does that, that word do? It brings hope. The word of God brings hope. Gives you a destination. Paints a, a, brings a vision of your destination. So now your steering can be pointed in the right direction. And you can go full throttle on the engine. Vroom, vroom. You can go. You can be there. Hallelujah. Let's hear this in Kannada please. Nanu nirikshi suvante madida ninna vakyavannu ninna sevakanigoskara ninu jnapaka madiko. Let's hear verse 81 also. Psalm 119 verse 81. It says, My soul fainteth for your salvation, but I hope in thy word. My soul, that's your mind. It fainteth. It goes all around the place. But you hope in, your, in his word. His word gives your soul a destination to focus, to calm down, and, 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 and it drives you there. Hallelujah. Let's hear that also. Let's read verse 116 also of the same chapter. Psalms 119, verse 116, 116. It says, Uphold me according to unto thy word that I may live and let me not be ashamed of my hope. i read that again. Listen carefully. Uphold me according to thy word that I may live. Let me not be ashamed of my hope. Where does my hope come from? From thy word. And what does that word do? It causes me to live. Hallelujah. Gives you a lifestyle of faith. Hallelujah. That's why scripture says once in the old and three times in the New, New Testament, you see it's, it's written, the just or the justified shall live by faith. 
The word brings you hope and that brings in a lifestyle of faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's hear that also in Kannada, please. Ninna vakya nu saravagi nannannu yetti hidi aga badukuvenu nanna nirikshaya nimitta nannannu naachike padisabeda. Hallelujah. Hope is given by the word. Nothing else. The world system takes away hope. It takes away hope. Hope can only be built in by the word of God. What paints the picture? The promises of God. 2 Peter 1.3 says, According as His divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. All things that you need for life, spiritual life and earthly life is already given to you. And how is it? It continues to say, through the knowledge of Him that has called us to glory and virtue. Through the knowledge. Knowledge of what? Knowledge of Him. Where do you get the knowledge of Him? From the Word revealed by the Spirit. That's why the, that's why the next verse says, Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these, by these promises, Exceeding great and precious promises, you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. It says, by these promises, by these promises, you are partakers of a divine nature. What does these promises do? These exceeding great and precious promises. They paint a picture on the inside of you. They give you hope. This is, this is the nature. This is your divine nature. This is who you are. And from the inside, it starts showing up on the outside. Hallelujah. It is already there on the inside. These words, these promises, build that picture. Gives you a vision. Hallelujah. We see, we, when we saw, it says, the Holy Spirit reveals it to us. To reveal something means to make it plain to see. So you see. Your natural eyes didn't see it. You speak to a, a, a common man out there saying, you need to be born again in the spirit. He'll look at you. Born again. What do you mean by that? What do you mean by being born again in the spirit? They can't see it. That's why uh, uh, that man asked, asked Jesus, Shall I go back into my mother's womb? He didn't understand. He was looking at the natural. Meanwhile, Jesus was talking about the things not seen in the spirit. Hallelujah. Let's hear that also in Canada. 2 Peter 1, 3 and 4. Tanna mahime gagiyu, gunati shayat kagiyu, nammannu karedatana vishayavada parijnanada moolaka vagi, atana daiva shaktiyu, jeevakku, bhaktigu, bekada dillavugadannu namage dayapali situ. Nivu loka dalli durashayinduntada kittatana ke tappisikondu daivasva bhava dalli palannu hunduvavaraga bekindu, atanu atyanta mahatva ulla amulya vada vagdana gadannu namage dayapali siddhane. Hallelujah. We live in an interesting age. I mean, we, we thought everything is normal. Then suddenly things just changed. The last two years have been completely different from all the years that we have gone through. 
completely different. There's fear around you. You don't know what. The first wave came, second wave, they're saying fourth wave, fifth wave. They said these will keep coming. Newer versions of the virus keep developing. There are fear around you. There are people are afraid to send their kids out, send them to school. People are afraid to go to work. Fear dominating everything. I mean, Jesus knew these things. That's why in Luke 21, verse 26, he said, Men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. Oh, there's shaking happening all around us. And men's hearts are failing for fear. Hallelujah. This, this news of death every single day from all around. All around. There's not one single day where you don't hear about someone dying. There's not one single day where you don't hear about some disaster somewhere. Those things are trying to paint a picture on the inside. Man, over. Everything's over. You're done for. Oh, the whole thing is a mess. You're born into a mess. That's, what, that's a picture that it's trying to paint in you, in your mind. Hallelujah. So the word of God is important for us. You need to replace all those images with another image. That the word gives you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's hear that also. Luke 21 verse 26. Akashada Shaktigalu Kadalisal Paduadarinda Manusharu Bayahidavaragi Loka Kenu Sambavisuvado Indu Eduru Nodutta Pranahodan Taguvaru. Hallelujah. Let's go to Romans 8.25 again. It says, For if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. It says you hope in those things. You are joyfully and confidently expecting those things which you don't see in the natural. You're expecting it. Then what follows? You with patience wait for it. With patience wait for it. The word patience is the Greek word hupomone, which means to endure. To stay there. To be steadfast. Unwavering. So no matter what happens, uh, I'm in this position. I'm believing. I know my destination. The wind may come and try to take you off course, but you are there. I'm here. I'm enduring it. No, I'm going through. I'm going through. That's what it means. No matter what happens, I'm enduring it. And this endurance is so important that God has talked about this even in the book of Revelation. Oh, I was shocked when I saw it for the first time. Go to Revelation chapter 2. Let's see verse 18 and 19. says, unto the angel of the church in Thyatira, write, These things says the Son of God, who has his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. This is talking about Jesus. And to whom is he speaking? He's speaking to the church. He said, I know your works and love, charity is love, and service, and faith, and your patience, and your works. And the last to be more than the first. I'm surprised. He is looking and he is 
noting your patience, your endurance. Mm-hmm. I'll read it from the Amplified here. It's nice in the Amplified. It says, I know your record of what you're doing. Your love and faith and service and patient endurance. That means he is keeping a record. He's keeping a record of how you stand there. You got the picture already. You're going to a good church. Uh, That pastor has been trying his best to paint the right picture for you. He's been there. But how are you enduring it? When those things come, when the news comes, what are you doing? Are you yielding to it? The moment you get a slight itching in your nose, you're like, vaccination. Oh no. Mask on. Oh, isolate. Is that what you're thinking? Think about it. There's a record. He's keeping records. Noting it down. How are you enduring? Mm -hmm. Are you standing your ground? You heard the word. Most of us, I can boldly say, at least everyone in this church, we wake you up in the middle of the night, you can quote scriptures. You tell me one scripture of healing. Tell me one scripture of prosperity. Uh, by, his poverty, by, his pros- by his poverty, I am made rich. Uh, the God, my God shall supply all my needs. Anytime you can quote these scriptures. But how are you enduring? How are you enduring? Let's hear this in Canada as well. Revelations 2. Hallelujah. Let's go to uh, Romans chapter 5. Verse 3 and 4. Paul saying, And not only so, but we glory in tribulations or tests and trials, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Tribulation worketh patience. And then patience, experience, and experience, hope. These tests and trials, they work patience. When it comes, it works on you. Like, man, I'll stand my ground. No matter what. You are, new to, you are new to Christ. You are new to these things. But you heard the word. And when the test comes, because of the word that you heard, you endure. No, pastor said it. I see it in the word. He showed me scripture. I saw it. I saw it. Everything is looking me bleak. Everything is look, going down. But I believe in this word. Pastor showed me this in the word. I see it in the word. I am standing my ground. Then what happened? You gain experience. You gain experience. Like, wow, it's working. It's working. It worked. It worked in pastor's life. It worked in Pastor Anup's life. It's working. See the experience. And that brings hope again. Based on those experiences where you endured the word, what happened? You got a vision. 
the next time something comes you know man this is how i'm going to stand it worked this word works i'm going to stand my ground i don't care if everything else goes down this word works i see a different picture irrespective of what the what what, what the social media says i have another media playing in front of me which is the word of god hallelujah hallelujah i see it i see it did we read this in kannada can we read that in kannada please ಇದು ಮಾತ್ರವಲ್ಲದೆ ನಮಗೆ ಉಂಟಾಗುವ ಉಪದ್ರವಗಳಲ್ಲಿಯೂ ಹೆಚ್ಚಳ ಪಡುತ್ತೇವೆ ಉಪದ್ರವದಿಂದ ತಾಳ್ಮೆಯು ತಾಳ್ಮೆಯಿಂದ ಅನುಭವವು ಅನುಭವದಿಂದ ನಿರೀಕ್ಷೆಯು ಉಂಟಾಗುತ್ತವೆಂದು ಬಲ್ಲೆವು and so he could boldly tell them hey i am not simply preaching to you something that that i uh, that i have not done myself let's see second timothy chapter 3 verse 10 paul said but you have fully known my doctrine my manner of life purpose faith long suffering charity and patience he said you have seen all these things you have seen how i endured you have seen my faith you have seen my love you have seen my patience you have seen my endurance so i am not simply saying these things just to uh, to paint a good picture no you have been seeing it in my life you have been seeing how i practiced it that even though this persecution all around me the thorn in the flesh it's like a thorn in the flesh scripture says because of his abundant revelation he said a thorn was given in, in his flesh that is he is talking about persecution he had so much of revelation that what he saw what he spoke was completely against the world system they did not like it the devil didn't like it so there was persecution for him from all around but he endured he saw that picture i know this is the word of god the holy spirit has revealed this to me from the old testament and god has showed it to me personally i see these things i see it that's where i'm heading and his whole life was based on those things that he saw that gave him hope hallelujah first timothy 611 can you man of god flee these things and follow after righteousness godliness faith love patience and meekness again you see faith and patience endure endure how you see a picture you see a picture and you and you endure that's my destination i know where i'm going that's where i'm called to hallelujah let's hear that also in kannada please ho devara manushyane neenadaro ivugalinda dura oodi hogu neeti bhakti nambike preeti taalme satvikatva ivugalannu anusarisu hallelujah let's look at an uh let's look at the story of abraham we know abraham is called the father of faith god didn't simply call him the father of faith it's for a reason let's go to genesis chapter 12 we'll read from verse 1 hallelujah genesis 12 verse 1 now the lord said unto abraham 
Get thee out of your country and from your kindred and from your father's house unto a land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. Make your name great. You shall be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless you and curse him that curses you. And in thee shall all the families of the earth is blessed. Can we hear this in Canada? ಆಗ ಕರ್ತನು ಅಬ್ರಾಹ್ಮನಿಗೆ ನೀನು ನಿನ್ನ ದೇಶದೊಳಗಿಂದಲೂ ಬಂಧುಗಳಿಂದಲೂ ನಿನ್ನ ತಂದೆಯ ಮನೆಯಿಂದಲೂ ಹೊರಬಂದು ನಾನು ನಿನಗೆ ತೋರಿಸುವ ದೇಶಕ್ಕೆ ಹೋಗು ನಾನು ನಿನ್ನನ್ನು ದೊಡ್ಡ ಜನಾಂಗವಾಗ ಮಾಡಿ ನಿನ್ನನ್ನು ಆಶೀರ್ವದಿಸಿ ನಿನ್ನ ಹೆಸರನ್ನು ದೊಡ್ಡದಾಗಿ ಮಾಡುವೆನು ನೀನು ಆಶೀರ್ವಾದವಾಗಿರುವಿ ನಿನ್ನನ್ನು ಆಶೀರ್ವದಿಸುವವರನ್ನು ಆಶೀರ್ವದಿಸುವೆನು ನಿನ್ನನ್ನು ಶಪಿಸುವವರನ್ನು ಶಪಿಸುವೆನು ನಿನ್ನಲ್ಲಿ ಭೂಮಿಯ ಎಲ್ಲ ಜನಾಂಗಗಳು ಆಶೀರ್ವದಿಸಲ್ಪಡುವವು ಎಂದು ಹೇಳಿದನು God is giving him a destination. He said, come out. I will take you, take you to a land that I will show you. And then he is painting another picture. He said, I will make you a great nation. Wow. He was one single man. He said, I will make you a great nation. How can one man be a nation? Through offsprings. And then he said, I will bless you, make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless them that bless you, curse him that curse you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. I mean, this is for eternity. All the families of the earth, from then and forever. Any family that is coming on the earth through Abraham will be blessed. It's a promise. It's a big promise. It's a big vision that God is giving Abraham. Then, as you go to chapter 15, the Lord speaks to him again. Verse 1, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision saying, Fear not, Abraham. I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. Wow. Such an amazing word. He said, Lord himself is speaking to Abraham. Fear not. I am your, your, I am your shield. And I am your exceeding great reward. The creator of heaven and earth himself is coming and speaking to Abraham. Saying, I am your shield. I am your great reward. Just imagine yourself there. How will you feel if God himself comes and says these things to you. But how did Abraham react? The next verse, we, re- we read, Abraham said, Lord, what will you give me? Seeing I go childless. And the steward of my house, this Eliezer of Damascus. And, oh, uh, yeah, sorry. Seeing I, I go childless. Verse 3, And Abraham said, Behold, to me you have given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is my heir. Say, see! He is seeing something else. God said, I will make you a great nation. But what is this guy seeing? He said, 
seeing I go childless. Seeing I go childless. And I see that this guy, Eliezer, who is a servant, who is born in my house, he is, look at that, he is declaring it, is my heir. That means in his mind, he has already painted a picture that this guy, Eliezer, is my heir. I go childless. Oh, God is saying, man, I painted such a big picture to him, but where is this guy looking? Where is he looking? I present myself to him as his shield and his great reward, but look where he is looking. He's not looking at me, he's not looking at my word, he's looking at the things around him. He is looking at Eliezer, his heir. At that moment, Eliezer seemed someone big to him, rather than the promises of God. He said, this man, Eliezer, is my heir. That means, in his mind, it is finished. He said, I am childless. See, I go childless. This man, Eliezer, who is a servant born in my house, he is my heir. God said, "Uh -uh. come on, come on, come on, come on. Let's read. Verse 4. Behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, This shall not be your heir, but he that shall come forth out of your own bowels shall be your heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now towards heaven. Ah. Now from seeing Eliezer, he is now seeing something else. God is making him see something else. Said, said Look now towards heaven. And tell the stars, or count the stars. If you are able to number them, he said unto them, so shall your seed be. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. Wow. God just changed the picture altogether. One moment he is looking at that servant guy, Eliezer. This guy, he has been faithful. He's going to be the one who's taking, who's going to be my heir. I have no child. He said, I see I have no child. And he blamed God also for it. He said, behold, that means see. He's telling God, you also see. I see this, you also see that you have not given me another seed. This is what I see. God said, come, now you see what I see of you. Hallelujah. He said, look at the heavens. Look at the heavens. If you can count the stars, so much will your seed be. So shall your seed be. It's another picture altogether. Completely different picture from what he was seeing before. And the next verse says, and Abraham believed in the Lord and it was counted to him for righteousness. That word believe is the Hebrew word amen, which means to build a support structure. To nurture, to, to, to establish. It's like a baby who would find, uh, that you would find in the arms of a parent. That means he trusted in those. Just like a baby would trust in the arms of the parents, he trusted in God's word. He relied upon it for his support. He built his foundation, the whole structure Upon those words. Hallelujah. Let's hear this also in Canada. Genesis 15, 1 to 6.
ಇವುಗಳಾದ ಮೇಲೆ ಅಬ್ರಾಹ್ಮನಿಗೆ ದರ್ಶನದಲ್ಲಿ ಕತ್ತನ ವಾಕ್ಯವೂ ಬಂದು ಅಬ್ರಾಹ್ಮನೇ ಭಯಪಡಬೇಡ ನಾನೇ ನಿನ್ನ ಗುರಾಣಿಯು ನಿನ್ನ ಅತ್ಯಧಿಕವಾದ ಬಹುಮಾನವೂ ಆಗಿದ್ದೇನೆ ಅದಕ್ಕೆ ಅಬ್ರಾಹ್ಮನು ಕರ್ತನಾದ ದೇವರೇ ನನಗೆ ಏನು ಕೊಟ್ಟರೇನು ನಾನು ಮಕ್ಕಳಿಲ್ಲದವನಾಗಿದ್ದೇನೆ ಈ ದಮಸ್ಕದವನಾದ ಎಲಿಯಜರನು ನನ್ನ ಮನೆಯ ಮನೆ ವಾರ್ತೆಯವನಾಗಿದ್ದಾನಲ್ಲ ಅಂದನು ಅಬ್ರಾಹ್ಮನು ಈಗೋ ನೀನು ನನಗೆ ಸಂತಾನವನ್ನು ಕೊಡಲಿಲ್ಲ ಈಗೋ ನನ್ನ ಮನೆಯಲ್ಲಿ ಹುಟ್ಟಿದವನು ನನಗೆ ಬಾಧ್ಯನಾಗಿರುವನು ಅಂದಾಗ ಈಗೋ ಕರ್ತನ ವಾಕ್ಯವು ಅವನಿಗೆ ಉಂಟಾಗಿ ಇವನು ನಿನಗೆ ಬಾಧ್ಯನಾಗುವುದಿಲ್ಲ ನಿನ್ನಿಂದ ಹುಟ್ಟಿದವನೇ ನಿನಗೆ ಬಾಧ್ಯನಾಗುವನು ಅಂದನು ಕರ್ತನು ಅವನನ್ನು ಹೊರಗೆ ಕರಕೊಂಡು ಬಂದು ಈಗ ನೀನು ಆಕಾಶವನ್ನು ದೃಷ್ಟಿಸಿ ನಕ್ಷತ್ರಗಳನ್ನು ಲೆಕ್ಕಿಸಶಕ್ತನಾದರೆ ಅವುಗಳನ್ನು ಲೆಕ್ಕಿಸು ಅಂದನು ಆತನು ಅವನಿಗೆ ಅದರಂತೆಯೇ ನಿನ್ನ ಸಂತತಿಯು ಆಗುವುದು ಎಂದು ಅವನಿಗೆ ಹೇಳಿದನು ಅಬ್ರಾಹ್ಮನು ಕರ್ತನಲ್ಲಿ ನಂಬಿಕೆ ಇಟ್ಟನು ಆತನು ಅದನ್ನು ಅವನಿಗೆ ನೀತಿ ಎಂದು ಎಣಿಸಿದನು your wife shall bear him a son indeed and you shall call his name Isaac and i will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him this is god speaking god is now being specific about what is going to happen said sarah your wife is going to have a son and his name will be Isaac meaning laughter and verse 21 he said but my covenant will i establish with isaac which sarah shall bear unto unto thee at this set time in the next year wow more specifics said my covenant i will establish with isaac you will have a son isaac sarah will bear a child for you in this old age and by this time next year you will be laughing hallelujah Let's hear this in Canada. Genesis 17. Adakke devaru, nishchaya vagi ninna hendati ada saralu ninage maganannu heruvalu, avanige isakanandu hesarida beku, avana sangadalu taruvaya huttuva, avana santatiyavara sangadalu nanna shashvata vada odambadike ennu stapisu vinu. Verse 21 also. ಆದರೆ ಬರುವ ವರುಷ ಈ ಕಾಲದಲ್ಲಿ ಸಾರಲು ನಿನಗೆ ಹೆರುವ ಇಸಾಕನ ಸಂಗಡ ನನ್ನ ಒಡಂಬಡಿಕೆಯನ್ನು ಸ್ಥಾಪಿಸುವೆನು ಎಂದು ಹೇಳಿದನು talking about abraham says who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken so shall thy seed be and being not weak in faith he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old neither yet the deadness of sarah's womb he staggered not at the promise of god through unbelief but was strong in faith giving glory to god and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was about he was able to perform therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness this is what we the, the whole thing that happened 
This is the explanation of what we read in, in Genesis 15 verse 6. Abraham believed God. What do you mean by he believed? This is what he did. He said, who against hope. Natural expectation. What is the natural expectation of a 99-year-old man? What is the natural expectation? Man, you can start preparing the burial ground. You can be ready. I hope his will is ready. 99-year-old man and a 90-year-old wife, almost. I mean, you should create a special tomb for them. Be ready. The, the will should be written. Eliezer will be standing there. Huh? It's about time. Hallelujah. But he went against that natural expectation. What, what did he do? Believed in hope. Another joyful, confident expectation based on the promise that God gave him. Now he is seeing a different picture altogether. Earlier it was something else. Now a different picture. Now he sees the nations. He sees him being a blessing. He sees Jesus. He sees it. A different picture altogether. He says, He believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. He said, God said it. I see it. I see it. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body which is now dead. That means according to the present situation, it says which is now dead. Present perfect tense. That means right now, Based on all the evaluation, based on all the medical checkups, based on all the tests, the MRIs, the CT scans, everything that they have done, your body is now dead. There is nothing working there. It is dead. He said, he considered not. He considered not the natural circumstances. He did not consider how his body looked. There's wrinkles all around. Uh Uh-uh. I don't care. He looked at Sarah. Ah, womb, dead. Old lady, hey, all wrinkles. No, 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 no. She is beautiful. The promise, the seed is going to come from her. I see. When I look at her, I see. Hallelujah. Something changed. Something changed. His vision was changed. Remember, we read in Proverbs, where there is no vision, people perish. Abraham was in that state, going all over. Man, I have all these things. I have the riches, but what to do? This servant, this Syrian, Eliezer, he's going to take it. That was his vision. Looked at himself, this body finished. But he considered not. He considered not. And being fully persuaded that what he promised, he is able to do. He believed that. And what happened? Genesis 21, verse 6, it says, Sarah said, God has made me to laugh. God has made me to laugh. So all that here will laugh with me. Why? Because she got laughter. She got Isaac. 
She said, Who would have said unto Abraham that Sarah would have given uh, children suck? For I have borne him a son in his old age. She laughed. Look at Isaac. <laughs> Laugh. God said, I will give you a son and his name shall be called Laughter. So when they looked at it, <laughs> Woo, God is good. Oh, his promise is everlasting. What he said is true. Woo, look at that. Who would say that I would have given him a child in his old age? Hallelujah. Ha ha ha. Hallelujah. A picture, a joyful, confident expectation. Let's hear that in Kannada. Genesis 21, verse 6 and 7. Hallelujah. So now they are in that joyful mood. They are laughing. And as they continue, another damar comes. Genesis chapter 22, verse 1. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell you of. Whoa. Let's hear that in Kannada before I forget. Sorry. Genesis 22 verse 1 and 2. Hallelujah. It says God tempted Abraham. The word tempt uh, is uh, the Hebrew word means to test uh, the quality of something. Just like when you take gold to a goldsmith, he will rub it on a stone and pour a liquid on it to check the quality of it. That's what this is. God knows that Abraham believed him. He accounted it for him as righteousness the moment, that day when he showed him the vision. God said, man, this man believes. And it was accounted. That means it was written in the records of heaven that Abraham believed. But now God is testing the quality of that faith. He said, God tested Abraham and said, Now, take your son, your only son. As if adding salt to injury. He said, your only son, whom you love, take him into the land and offer him as a burnt offering. Wow. If you're a parent and if you get such a request, how would you feel? Just keep that in your mind. Now let, with that picture, let's read the next verse. It says, And Abraham rose up early in the morning, saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went into the place which God had told him. Look at that. You don't see here Abraham arguing with God. Saying, but God, that's my only son. That's all I have. 
If I give him as an offering, Eliezer will take over. He's looking for an opportunity. He didn't argue with God. Nothing. The next verse we read is, Abraham rose up early in the morning. He was ready like Freddy. He just got up. And what happened? He took his son, saddled, saddled his ass, took two of his young men with him, with the burnt offering, rose up, went into the place that God has told him. And then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. Oh, that was a three day, more than three days, in fact. On the third day, he saw that place afar off. They're not on horses, they're walking. He's got an ass, so it's not a BMW or a Ferrari. So they are going, they're walking. They're walking. Three days already have passed. After three days, he's seeing that place far off. Imagine what are the thoughts that could have gone through his mind. Three days. Three days. And when he saw that place far off, verse 5 says, Abraham said unto his young men, Abide you here with the ass. I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Now he said something. In spite of all the thoughts that were coming to him, all these past three days, from the time God, God asked him to offer his son as a sacrifice, three days of walking and thinking, walking and thinking, walking and thinking. He would be walking. Thoughts are coming. He would be looking at his son. Then he would walk. With walking, thoughts come. Look at his son. He would walk. What happened? Finally, he sees that place. It's getting closer. Then he tells the young man, you guys stay here now. We both will go and we both will come back. We will go, we will offer the sacrifice, we will worship and we will come back. There's something he believed. There's something he believed. He is making a declaration of faith. He said, we will go and we will come back. Why? God said, I will make you a father of nation. Through Isaac, is, all the nations will be blessed. The promise is through Isaac. What did he do? Verse 6, And Abraham took the wood from the burnt offering, laid it upon Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand, uh, and, and a knife, and they went both, they went both of them together. And Isaac spoke unto Abraham his father and said, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. He said, Behold the fire, the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Oh. Now, he's having a conversation. His son knows about the offering. Why? Because there's something that they did. Abraham, how did Abraham know about it? If you go through the book of Genesis, the previously you see three other people offering sacrifice to God. Cain, Abel and Noah. So they gave an offering to God. Hallelujah. So he knows about these things and he made it a lifestyle. Moreover, God made a covenant with him. So they are familiar with these things. The son knows these things. He sees the wood. He sees all these things. Now he knows a lamb is required. He said, Daddy, tell me, tell me, son, here I am. 
I see the lamp. I see the firewood. I see the fire. Where's the lamp? Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamp for a burnt offering. So they both, they went both of them together. They came to the place where God had told them of, and Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Now this is interesting. When the son asked him about the lamp, Abraham was so sure, hey, the Lord is going to provide a lamp. It's his offering. He is going to provide a lamp. He was very specific about that too. He knew all these while, they give a lamb. This time, it's different. But the sacrifice has to be given. He's got everything ready. So a lamb. He said, the Lord will provide a lamb. Then what happened? He, they came to the place. He bound his son, put him on the altar. And Abraham stretched forth his hand, took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him, out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. He said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. Oh, he was so sure. He was so sure of something. What was happening in his mind? We all know this story. But what would have been happening in his mind? What prompted him to readily leave the place? What prompted him, in spite of all those things that were happening, all those thoughts that were coming, what prompted him to tie up his son, put him on the altar? Something happened. It is described in Hebrews 11. Let's go to Hebrews 11. I'm not reading that portion, Kanana. That's a lot to read. But Hebrews 11, verse 17, it says, By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises, offered up is his only begotten son, of whom it was said, that in Isaac shall your seed be called. Accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence he also received him in a, figure. Now that is what happened there. That is what happened there. He has already seen the picture God painted before him. He saw the nations. He knew, hey, this is the seed through Isaac shall the seed be called. It is through Isaac. So if God wants Isaac, he has to raise him up. He has to raise him from the dead. There is no other choice. God said it. He cannot go back on his word. If the seed has to come through Isaac, then Isaac has to live. Something else there. It said, accounting that God was able to raise him up from the dead, from whence he also received him in a figure. I pondered about this word figure. What do you mean by this figure? What was he figuring out? The Greek word is parabole, from which you get the word parabola. All you mathematicians out there, you know what a parabola means. You, you, you've drawn your graph sheets. You mark those points. It is a U-shaped curve 
that is symmetric on both sides. You draw a line from the middle and it is same on both the sides. You mark the points. Okay, this side, x, y axis, this side, this, uh, I mean, this point and then on the other side, another point similar to it. When you draw, it will be like a U. It will be similar, symmetric on both sides. That's the meaning of this word. So now Abraham, what do you think he was doing these past three days? He was drawing a picture there. Alright, God said all these things. And now he's asking me to offer him as a sacrifice. Alright, so if this and this has to be symmetric, then he has to raise him from the dead. There is no other choice. He already had a picture. These, the picture is painted. He's not going to budge away from that picture. He doesn't have an instant refresh button there. That picture is set. He saw, well, if this picture has to come to pass, then it, on this side, in spite of all these requirements God has asked me, he has to raise him from the dead. That's the only way this is going to come to pass. And I used to wonder, why did God ask him to go to such a faraway place? Three days journey. And wouldn't one day have been enough? I understand. If it is somewhere near his camp, his people, his wife, Sarah would have caused an issue. Sarah would have shouted. Sarah would have kicked him. Uh, all those things. One day is fine. Two days. Three days. All those thoughts. Man, he was drawing a parabola there. This, alright, God said all these things. And now he's asking this. That means he's going to raise him from the dead. He already knew that God would raise him from the dead. And he knew, hey, I have to give a sacrifice anyway. God needs a sacrifice. So he is going to provide the lamb also. He knew. That's why he declared it so boldly to the young men. I and the lad will go. We will worship and we will come back. And when Isaac asked, Daddy, where's the lamb? said, the Lord will provide. He was so sure about it. He was so sure, so fully persuaded, so convinced that, hey, this has to be symmetric. God said it. That's it. He's going to raise him from the dead and he's going to provide a lamb. If he wants an offering, he better provide the lamb. He didn't ask me to take a lamb with him. So he wants an offering. So he will provide a lamb. He was so sure about it. Hallelujah. That's the, what painting a picture does. That's what hope does to you. He already received him back from the dead even before he took one step out. Even before he left the place, left his home early in the morning, the moment God said him, the moment God asked him, give him as an offering. He already received him back from the dead. He knew, hey, this is his promise. So if he wants it, he's going to raise him from the dead. He had no doubt about it. Hallelujah. He knew, hey, my body was almost dead. God brought it back to life. I mean, Isaac was not the only child Abraham had. He said he had wives and concubines and children. And he gave inheritances to all of them. Hallelujah. God is good. God is good. So the word of God paints a picture, gives you hope. 
You need hope. You need hope as a destination so you can apply your faith. You don't have a faith problem. You don't have a love problem. You have a knowledge problem. And it's the knowledge that gives hope. We already have the faith of the Son of God. Hallelujah. Paul knew this. First, uh, he said in Romans 15 verse 13, he said, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. He's called the God of hope. The God who gives hope. How does he give you hope? By his word. And who reveals the word to you? The Holy Ghost. He reveals the word to you. Hallelujah. Paul understood this. Proverbs says, The hope of the righteous shall be gladness. Proverbs 10.28 And Proverbs 23 verse 18 says, The hope, the expectation of the righteous will not be cut off. Cut off. He knew that. Paul knew this. That's why in Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 he said, I'm confident of this very thing, that he who started a good work in you is faithful to perform it. He will, he will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He was so sure about it. This is hope speaking. He said, I'm confident of this very thing. I am expecting this, that he who started a good work in you, he will perform it. Till the day of Jesus Christ. That means not just today, not just tomorrow, till Jesus comes. He lived every day as if Jesus is going to come today. He lived like that. Lived like that. Till Jesus comes. That's why in the first chapter, as you continue reading, there's a prayer of hope. A prayer that we pray every day in this church. We, we pray, verse 9, Philippians 1 verse 9, And I pray that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, that you may approve things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without reproach till the day of Christ. Again, that's the future, that's hope. That's hope. He said, I'm praying this prayer for you. I believe that he who started a good work in you, he will perform it. I believe that. I believe that till the day of Jesus Christ. This is hope. This is a prayer of hope. Hallelujah. And being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. It's a prayer of faith, but it's a prayer of hope. He is in faith at that moment. And he is expecting this to be done. Till the day of Christ. He believes it. Hallelujah. So everything that we do, it must be based on eternity. It must be based on Jesus coming. And that's very soon. He's coming. This year in the beginning, as we were waiting on the Lord, said, this year is going to be a lot of looking up. We're going to be looking up. Looking up. He's coming. He's coming. Hallelujah. 
1 Corinthians 15 verse 19. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Most miserable. If you are expecting things, if you are, I mean, if your expectation is only about this life on the earth, it says you are most miserable. This is just a small fraction of eternity. Small fraction. Whatever happens here is a small fraction. But based on what happens here, you are judged. You get your rewards. Where do you keep your eyes upon? Hallelujah. Let's hear this in Kannada. Titus chapter 2 verse 13. It says, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Looking for that blessed hope. Looking for that joyful and confident expectation. Look, see that thing. See it. What? The glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Woo! You should be looking for it. Every single day, every single moment. He can be coming. Paul lived like that. This was 2,000 years ago. He lived every single day looking up. Looking up. Looking up. Can we hear that in Kannada? Titus 2.13. First Thessalonians 2.19. We'll go through a few scriptures quickly. For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Paul is asking that question. What is our hope? Our joy? Our crown, that's our reward. said, are not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? Woo! In spite of all the chains, in spite of all the persecution, he is seeing something else. He is seeing you and me in the presence of God our Father, in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming. In the clouds, you believe it or not, you accept it or not, he is coming. He is coming in the clouds very soon. One of these days. He is expecting. And he is expecting to see you and me there. When Paul's body shall be raised from the ground. And it shall meet his body, his, his spirit in the clouds. When he comes with Jesus. He is seeing you and me there with him. He lived like that. That was his expectation. That was his hope. said, What is our hope? That means he's saying, this is my hope. I am expecting to see you there in in front of Jesus when he's coming in the cloud. Woo! And he's going to preserve us, keep us. Hallelujah. That was his hope. Everything that he did, said, 
I'm going to see that person in heaven. I'm going to see that person in the cloud. When he comes, we'll all be there. I'll see your face. I'll see your face. I'll see your face. We should see those faces. We should see those faces. When we walk out among the crowd, we should see those faces. Said, what is my hope? My joy is not you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Father, when he appears in the cloud. Woo! What an amazing hope. Hallelujah. That's why he said in Colossians chapter 3, set your affections on things above, where Christ sits at the right hand of God the Father. That is more real than anything else you see on the earth. That is more real. Whatever they believed in a year ago is now being proven wrong this year. Whatever they, they, the hypothesis they made in 2020 is being proven wrong in 2021. None of those things are real. What is real? The throne of God. What is real? Christ sitting at the right hand of God the Father interceding on our behalf. What is real? You and me seated with Him at the right hand of God the Father. That is real. Set your affections there. While you're on the earth, keep looking up. That's why we got the word. This year, there will be a lot of looking up. We are all looking up. He can come anytime soon. You live with that expectation. You live, live like that every single day. Last scripture, 1 John chapter 3. We'll read verse 2 and 3. Behold, now are we the sons of God. It does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And every man that has this hope in him purifies himself. Hallelujah. Even as he is pure. Woo! Every man that has this hope, what hope? That we, when he appears, we will be like him. We will be like him. Our bodies will be changed in the twinkling of an eye. In a moment, this vile body, this corruptible body will be changed to incorruption. We will be there. It says every man who has this hope purifies himself. That means every moment you live, like he's coming soon, this body will be changed. When you have that realization in you, you will not be stuck with the things that the world throws at you. When you keep this in mind, when this picture is there in you, you will not be stuck there. Oh yeah, the doctor said, it, said this. This nose is flowing. I'm having this pain in my back. Oh no. Ah, ah, ah. I have another picture. This wild body, ah, it'll be gone. Today I have to go to the gym. Today I have to work out. But this wild body, ah, ah, ah. oh, when he comes, he's coming soon. When he comes in the cloud, this, I'll be like him. Corruption wearing incorruption. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we need hope. This is our hope. This is what we should look forward to. When you think like that, none of those things will affect you. They put sickness on you. Hey, this body, huh? that's not the picture. The picture I have is my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. He's giving life to my body. Whatever the pain is, I don't care. He bore my sickness, he carried my pains. So I'm not going to bear any sickness and carry any pain. That's the picture I have. 
Hallelujah. I believe you received something. I believe you understood this. Thank you so much. You are blessed. Thank you so much, Pastor. Hallelujah. I'm sure you enjoyed the word. You enjoyed the move of God. God is a faithful God. Hallelujah. Let's do uh, a meaningful communion. You know, it just amazes me. Recently, the more I think about it, so many multitudes have drunk that cup and eaten that bread. They've gone in years ahead of us to the throne of our Lord. It's interesting. And here we are, this great family on the earth. You know, there is a family. And that family starts in heaven and is on the earth. And this church is a family too. Praise God. And if you feel you're part of this family, enjoy. Let's get together. Let's hang around. Otherwise, go to some other family. Amen. But there is a family. And we don't have any hard feelings. Praise God. But as a family, uh, as a people that believe in that one bread, that we are part of one bread, that we believe in one cup, let's enjoy His mercy today. Exodus 12 says... Um, Speak to the congregation, verse 3, saying, The tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. Praise God. There is a lamb for each house. Praise God. And Jesus is that lamb. And he's a family lamb. So he's bothered about your children. He's bothered about your household. He's bothered about those who are connected to your household. All the things that your family is concerned about. That lamb has, has made sure that you are preserved, protected, kept. That no evil shall befall you. No plague shall come near your dwelling. That you will have good things. That he's the minister of those good things. That lamb has now become the great high priest. So today, as a family, across the nations... Let's take this meal. Let us enjoy the fact that we are a family and that the squabbles and the fights must not be there anymore. Hallelujah. We forgive, we forget, we release and take the mercies that are in that meal and enjoy fullness in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So if you have by your side some bread, roti and uh, juice let's eat this meal as a family and don't forget multitudes have drunk from that cup and eaten that bread thank you thank you lord jesus we're so grateful that you are the lamb that took away our sin took away our curse took away our poverty our shame and gave us his own life we receive the benefits for our family all that concerns us our children, pets, work of our hands, all that concerns us on every side. We receive your benefits as we eat and drink in Jesus' name. Amen. Shall we eat? And drink. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're so grateful.
In Jesus' name. Haha. You're blessed. Have a great week. And uh, if you'd like to give an offering, uh, thank you, Jesus. You can give um, joyfully. God loves a cheerful giver. That means you can give cheerfully. Or you can give sadly. But I'd rather you give cheerfully. God loves that. In Jesus' name, those that are giving today, tithing, whatever the form of giving, may they receive from your heavens the throne of the Most High God. Supply according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Emotional, physical, material, financial. Whatever that need may be, you supply in Jesus' name. The angels work, the earth yields, in Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Praise God, we declare that you are blessed. Thank you, team. See you later.